We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Apologies for the delay for our live audience. For uh, the first time in a while, my Wi-Fi was the problem. So uh, I don't know what was happening today. We're wigging out a little bit, but it's all good. Happy to be here talking some football. Some actual football game stuff is happening tonight. And uh, excited to dive in with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. You are back at med school, back in, uh, in a foreign country. How you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, I realized I forgot my webcam when I left here, so if I look a little bit more HD today, that's the reason. Uh, but yeah, we're we're all back here, I guess. <laughs> there you go. We're doing it in the morning, or I guess afternoon for you. So uh, no birds today, but they they will be making their triumphant Eventually. return at some point. <laughs> uh, Tyler is here as well, man. What's up, dude? How you doing? Doing very well. Excited for Chargers football to start. Speaking of birds, one Kaiser White. Didn't look too bad yesterday, did he? No, no, he did not. Um, my guy, Brayton Covey, looks pretty good, too. But, uh, you know. I wasn't paying attention to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please take Jalen Rager's chomp. Oh, he will. He will. Uh, but, yes, Kaiser White had an interception last night. To be fair, Zach Wilson threw it, like, right to him. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, all right. So, we are going to uh, – preview the obviously the Chargers and Rams preseason game today just talking about everything that's happening in that regard and previewing some uh key position battles key matchups to watch and things like that so 
Um, we are going to push our Saturday stocks to tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to be doing Sunday stocks this week. Um, and then we will have a bit of a, a Q&A um, once we are, are kind of done wrapping up with the uh, Rams preseason game. So um, if you have a question, save it until the end. Um, and as always, Super Chat features are enabled. We always appreciate that. So um, let's let's dive in here to this uh, preseason game, of course. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. Um, I guess we should start with who we think is not going to play in this game. I, I tweeted out, obviously, the surefire ones yesterday that I think we can kind of all agree upon. Obviously, you're talking about Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, Sebastian Joseph Day, Kyle Van Noy, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, and Derwin James. Anybody, anybody else that you would add to that list that you think is not going to play tonight? Um, so you'd have to read your list again so I could keep track. Um, no, that sounds about right. I guess we'll find out for sure if Jerry Tillery is really going to play or not. I know Staley said it seems like Tillery is going to play, but he didn't really say that he yeah. was yet or was not yet. So that's the one I'm obviously keeping an eye on. But otherwise, I think you're spot on. Did you say JC Jackson? I did say JC Jackson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that would be, yeah. Other than that, I think everyone else plays. Um, not really anyone I would add to that list, although I think that we can say Tillery is confidently playing the preseason at this point. Um, just based on how Staley's talked about him, I know he's kind of been like, oh, well, we'll play the players we need to play without saying that Jerry Tillery will play. But also every time he's talked about Tillery this season, it's been, he needs to improve. He needs to improve. So clearly when it comes to Tillery, Tillery is not in that, you know, protected class that he was. Uh, during the preseason this time last year yeah of course that, that's absolutely right uh, i have to give a big shout out uh mama shun with i think the biggest super chat we've had on the show uh so shout out yeah that's says, the max day. <laughs> that's the max okay i didn't know that uh big day let's go chargers go fahoko we'll definitely be talking about uh mr brain fahoko later on so i always appreciate that um in terms of Jerry Tillery, first and foremost, I think he will play, and I think he'll play a lot of a lot of snaps tonight. Specifically, I will see about the rest. But you know, if you take Brandon Staley at his word, you know, he basically said, "If we know who you are, if we know you're you're kind of safe in a position battle, then you're probably not going to play in, in the preseason." So, to me, Jerry Tillery, by definition, has to play. I'm more curious about um, you know a guy like Austin Johnson, a guy mm-hmm. like Gerald mm-hmm. Everett. Um, that kind of player for the Charger because last year, um, I think Oday played in the first game, but I don't think he played in the second or third games for very similar reasons. If I if I remember correctly, uh, obviously if I'm wrong, somebody correct me in the chat. But I feel like that secondary tier of veteran players at least made an appearance in the first game last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do we make of that crowd? Obviously, you can throw Michael Davis in there, Sante Salmon mm-hmm. Jr. Um, Drew Tranquil, anybody in that crowd maybe stick out as somebody that won't play? Tranquil, I'm 50-50 on. I feel like they could keep it you know, easy with him. On the other hand, they'd have like two linebackers that can actually play. Right. So maybe right. they'll want somebody out there. I kind of hope Asante Samuel Jr. Michael Davis play because I do want to see him a little bit, but at least Davis will play. Was Davis the st- I just flew through Popper's article for the recent updates. Was Davis a starter uh, with the ones instead of Asante Samuel Jr.? Yeah, so Michael Davis uh, was working with the first team on 
Tuesday and Thursday, Sandy Sammy Jr. was working with the first team on Wednesday. So looks like that kind of alternated for the most part. It's been Davis as the fourth corner, Asante as the third corner. Um, but it, you know, Michael Davis had a good game on or a good scrimmage on Sunday. Sounded like they wanted to reward him a little bit, and maybe we have a, a more legitimate competition there than you know we had at the start of training camp. Cool. All right. Um, I, I realized I forgot Bryce Callahan in that conversation. I feel like we know that he's not playing. Um, or do you guys think he ends up playing? Um, unless they want bodies, but otherwise, like you have John Taylor, you have Keemon Hall. Uh, I think he'll play a little bit. Probably give him a series. Maybe then take him out. All right. Sounds good. Um, okay, we're going to go position by position and just kind of break down some thoughts on, um, you know, what we are expecting to see tonight. Um, we'll start with quarterbacks. Um, you know, Brandon said they did say that um, it would be a very similar rotation as they had last year. Um, he didn't confirm who was starting or who was going to be second or not. Last year was Chase Daniel who started the first game. Easton Stick got the second half of that game. Then for the second game, it was Easton Stick in the first half, Chase Daniel in the second half. And then for the final game, it was Chase Daniel in the first half, Easton Stick in the second half. So if it's the same rotation, then that's what it will be tonight. But um, like we talked about previously, kind of seems like this competition is more uh, of a competition as opposed to last year when there wasn't really any chance for Easton Stick to beat out Chase Daniel. So, um, Tyler, what are you looking for from Chase Daniel and Easton Stick tonight and, and really the preseason as a whole? So I actually think it's less of a competition this year than last year. I felt like last year it was pretty clearly they brought in Chase Daniel to be the backup quarterback. And sure, I guess that's the same thing this year when they brought him back again. But I feel like it's less of a competition. But maybe it's because I've been watching so much Easton Stick. To me, you know, <laughs> Chase Daniel, whatever he does, as long as he's not terrible, it's his job. And frankly, I think it's his job regardless. But I want to see Easton Stick do something, you know, through his preseason career. Four total touchdowns, four interceptions. I believe only two passing touchdowns from those. Um, he's been sacked 10 times. We can definitely thank Trey Pipkins for that one. Uh, so it hasn't <laughs> really been great for Easton Stick, but this might be the first time I can remember a player in a contract year competing for their job, but it's all in the preseason. Like this is his audition either to be with the Chargers next year or find another team, or heck, maybe they cut him and someone claims him on waivers. This is kind of an audition. This is it for him to show that he's taken any kind of step forward. And yes, yeah. it is very difficult to do that when Trey Pipkins is getting you absolutely slaughtered in the preseason. But, you know, we'd like to see something from him. You know, again, four total touchdowns in, I believe, seven games through the preseason so far. Um, skipped all of 2020, of course. So I'd like to just see a bit more. Last year, only one touchdown in three games. So just show me something. Let's not have, you know, more passes batted down than touchdowns or first downs or whatever. Didn't look super great at the scrimmage. Hasn't really looked good in training camp. I just want to see him, you know, put drives together and look like he can really lead this offense. Because so far, it is still to me, Chase Daniel, that is the better leader of the offense. Even if Stick can maybe do more for you, especially with his legs, Daniel yeah. can still put together drives in a way that Stick really can't. So I want to see Easton Stick put some drives together. If that's dump offs and screens and a couple of rushing attempts from him, fine. But at least show me that you can move the offense a little bit. Otherwise, 
there's no point in having you on the roster if Chase Daniel can already do that and he has that knowledge factor over you. Yeah, I mean, the name that we can't forget is on the roster is Brandon Peters. He'll uh, he'll sure. get some snaps tonight, get some playing I think time. he will? Yeah, I'll put him in the fourth quarter. I don't know. He'll get some minutes uh, before he's probably in the first round of cuts. Uh, but he'll get some time on the field. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think it's, yeah, just Daniel Brees' stick. I I disagree with Tyler in the sense that I think that it is more of a competition than it was last year, and the coaching staff has put that out there. Whether stick rises to the occasion and takes QB2 is a whole, you know, different story. But um, both stick and Daniel were pretty underwhelming in the preseason last year. Uh, Daniel obviously was just sure. getting barraged in that Seahawks game. Uh, and so was stick. That was just the, kind of a nightmare to watch in terms of protection. So I'll be curious to see what both of them have tonight. Um, you know, I, I think that stick has kind of been the most inconsistent between the two, it seems so far in training camp. Um, but you know, the coaching staff has him there for a reason. Obviously they've talked about this QB room they've put together with the three of them in terms of, you know, how they communicate and how they, you know, feed off of each other and all that. Uh, so I'll be curious. I still would pencil in Daniel as the QB two if I had to bet today. Um, but I think it's a possibility that stick wins QB two. But again, I, I don't think that's going to be judged off of one preseason game or, you know, one week of training camp. I think they're going to, yeah. take this down to the wire and then you know if stick implodes in those first two games then he does if he rises the occasion then we'll see yeah so in terms of the you know stick versus chase daniel i, th I think basically what it comes down to really for this position for a backup quarterback is really who can run the offense better who can run a cleaner operation and that's why i never really bought into the easton stick thing last year because whenever chase daniel was in there and protected he was clearly the smoother operator if you will and, and i think that is really where easton stick has to show up if easton stick is in there and he's calm and he's collected and he's able to sit in the pocket and go through his progressions and you know lead some clean drives i think that really is the way that he could beat out chase daniel we all know that he's more athletic we all know that he can you know make some plays with his legs we all know that he can escape under pressure I, I don't really care to see that like i mean obviously i'm not asking him to sit in the pocket and and just get killed but I want to see him make plays from the pocket. And if he is going to beat out Chase Daniel, if he's going to, you know, prove to other teams or to the Chargers that he's kind of a long-term backup option, that is what has to happen to me. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of overreactions in terms of the statistics and Easton Stick, you know, rushing attempts and things like that. The backup quarterback, you need to be a clean operator. You need to be a game manager and avoid mistakes and be able to, you know, handle the offense and everything like that from a mental standpoint, from a progression standpoint. And that is why Chase Daniel is, uh, was the QB two last year. And I think he will be the QB two again this year. So, um, don't freak out if Easton stick throws for a ton of yards, but it's all scramble drills, right? Like we want to see him in the pocket, <laughs> making plays that way, going through his reads and things like that. So that really is the biggest thing for me to watch. Cause I, I know that Chase Daniel can do that, you know, last year, Right. The, the few drives that he had against the Rams were, were they even though they didn't end in touchdowns, they were good, clean drives. And that is who Chase Daniel is for this team. And I hope for Easton Stick's sake that he can, you know, be that for them this year. Yeah. I mean, even fans might say, well, Stick can do more for your team. And he might even do more for the team tonight. But the Chargers, even just watching the way that they call plays on offense, the way that they run their offense, they're not like the Bills, where they're just chucking it downfield and it's it's <laughs> risk reward kind of type. Yeah. No, it is 
in a sense, conservative, even with Justin Herbert. You jab, you jab, you jab, you jab, and you throw your hooks, your uppercuts when you need to and when you can. So the Chargers don't, even if Stick can do more, to them, maybe that's not necessarily the case. They want someone who can sustain those drives and put something together. Um, so Easton Stick, even if he, like you said, scrambles and you know throws that great touch pass to Isaiah Spiller like he did at the scrimmage, we want to see more sustainability, not just the, ooh, that right. was really nice. It's more to that for the Chargers. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I, I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's a good point. And in terms of whether Daniel can be the QB2, you know, for this team going forward, that's exactly what they want to see. They don't want to see Easton Stick doing a Justin Herbert impression, right? Like, because that's not right. what would win you a regular season game in the event that Justin Herbert does go down, right? It's just who can do the most of what we have left on offense. Obviously, if you don't have Justin Herbert, your odds to win probably aren't very good. But, you know, they're looking for the guy that can sneak them one to two games that Justin Herbert has to miss, right? And right now that guy, based on how he operates, is Daniel. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the uh, running backs tonight. Obviously, Austin Eckler not going to play. I'm very curious to see how this rotation pans out tonight. We've talked about this a few times. Joshua Kelly has you know, essentially been the, the second running back RB2 by quite a lot from what we've seen in practices. So um, expect to see that tonight. I'm excited to see him work behind this into your offensive line, especially with Zion Johnson and Jamari Sawyer playing. We'll get to them in a second. Um, obviously, this is going to be Isaiah Spiller's first chance to really make a stronger case for the RB2 spot. Alex, what are you uh, expecting to see out of the uh, rookie and the rest of the running backs tonight? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking to see a lot from Isaiah Spiller. I hope they get him kind of into those, you know, I, I really want to see how they all do in receiving situations, I guess, in particular, if they do have plays drawn up for that. Um, rushing is a bit hit or miss in the preseason. I mean, we all saw the Larry Roundtree Rams game last year where it's like, wow, he has a wide open <laughs> hole for 20 yards. Here comes the breakout campaign. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that didn't necessarily end up panning out. So, you know, like Stephen just kind of said, a lot of it is, dependent on your interior offensive line play and what you have there and can your offensive line open up holes for those running backs but i more just want to see the usage uh of them you know how they view kind of all three of them and then i guess also brown and marks do they get in the game at all i don't sure. know at this point uh seems like they've been pretty comfortable just keeping it uh at when austin eckler's not you know practicing or not playing at being kelly spiller and then roundtree uh, so I'll just be curious to see the usage for each of them, I, I guess, as like a deeper film study thing, like after the game to see, you know, how someone like Roundtree has been used on special teams. Uh, you know, Kelly obviously talked a lot about special teams this week as well in terms of um, both being a blocker on special teams and also protecting the quarterback. So mm -hmm. we'll see how uh, that kind of pans out. But mainly I'm just looking to see the usage and obviously, you know, once we get to the end of the game, what the final touch counts for all three were. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own storyline. Isaiah Spiller, I just want to see what Isaiah Spiller, the runner, looks like. We've seen him as the receiver. Looks fantastic. Clearly, I think in, we can all agree, their second best receiving back. And he'll definitely yeah. have a role this year. But what does he look like as the runner? And then Joshua Kelly. This There's a Kelly-sance going on, apparently. Uh, sounds great in practice. Sounds great when everyone's nice. just kind of touching down and whatnot. But what about you know when they're actually tackling, when other guys across from you are fighting for jobs? What does it look like? Last year, it seemed with Kelly, you know, they okay, they had Austin Eckler, they had Justin Jackson. Okay, we need our short yardage back. And in the scrimmage in the preseason, they said, okay, Joshua Kelly is going to be our short yardage back, you know, get a touchdown at the one yard line, get that third and one conversion or whatever. 
And that worked to the tune of 1.7 yards per attempt in the preseason last year, which Larry Roundtree, 4.6, but I guess slightly different roles and a couple of big runs. So what does this Kelly Sans look like? Is he more explosive? Is he more confident? And really just, is he not making mistakes? You know, last year, I believe it was the last game, there was a miscommunication where he was supposed to have a blitz pickup and he didn't, I believe. And that was kind of the reason that he lost his job. And Larry Roundtree was the, you know, quote unquote, starting, you know, RB3 uh, come week one. So what does it look like for Kelly now? Can he not make those mistakes? Can he look good in pass protection or on special teams or like at the scrimmage? He dropped two passes. Can you avoid those? I hope so, because all reports are that he looks amazing. We've been down this road before with Kelly in the you know the offseason in training camp being the standout looking amazing and then we actually watch him and it didn't quite work out so what does that look like now does kelly actually live up to the billing and then finally just larry roundtree is he a thing this year can he keep a job on this roster i don't want to say i hope he doesn't because that's mean i hope he does amazing (laughs) i hope he has incredible work puts up 300 yards in three touches or whatever I don't really want him to make the roster because I don't like four <laughs> running backs. Um, I but you. I hope I at, least, I at least hope he does well. He did great last year. Things fell, you know, kind of went downhill. He's been mostly phased out so far. He's got three K three games to say, hey, I am more valuable than another edge rusher or a safety. He's got three games to show that he is more valuable and is worth keeping around. Because right now he's on the bubble, especially more than he was last year. We'll see. Yeah, and this is something he talked about as well. You know, last year, we all kind of figured he was going to be the kick returner. Like, it was just super (laughs) weird. And that was, like, arguably the main reason why he made the roster, or at least, you know, was going to be penciled into that spot. And and then the running back stuff was just kind of an added bonus. And he's... He's talked about this, but he he ended up playing the season on on punt protection team, on kickoff and kick return. So he's he is an important special teams player for them. It, again, like Tyler's saying, it just depends like how much value does that have versus somebody like a Hunter Campmoyer or like a Jamal mm-hmm. Davis or somebody like that or Raheem Lane, who we've talked about. So, you know, this is an important stretch for Larry Roundtree as a runner and as a receiver, too. Like I think. I haven't gone up and tallied everything, right? But we know that he has had two fumbles. We know that he's had a few dropped passes. And when you're competing for a roster spot like that, you, you can't afford those kind of mistakes, especially in the game. So um, he needs to be, play some clean football or else he's going to be you know, looking at a practice squad imitation. So in terms of uh, Isaiah Spiller, I really hope that they kind of just unleash him tonight because I feel like they already know what they have in Josh Kelly. I feel like they know what they have in Larry Roundtree. And I understand that they're in a competition battle, but I, I really would just love to see them give Isaiah Spiller 15 touches every single preseason game and just get him a lot of work because he's primarily been working with the second team and practices and the scrimmage and things like that. And I understand they're trying to bring him along slowly, but I think in the preseason, you want to see what you have in the rookie first and foremost. So it's not going to happen, but I, I would really love to see them just feature Isaiah on, you know, some counter runs, some duo runs, halfback tosses, you know, let him just kind of eat tonight. But um, I do think it ends up kind of being an even split ish with Joshua Kelly kind of taking the lead tonight. Yep, absolutely. I agree. All right, we'll move to the wide receiver channel. Very interesting group. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, like we mentioned, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, not likely to play. That'll leave Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton and DeAndre Carter as your three starters. 
Uh, I know Alex is going to be excited about one of those guys, but um, Daniel Popper mentioned this yesterday. Joe Reed has started to show some flashes, as so, and Michael Benny has been pretty good as well. So, I mean, obviously, I'm excited to see you know how much of a step Josh Palmer has taken, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter. We know that they're going to be good and featured tonight. But that second group, like we've talked about, like we haven't really ever penciled in a six receiver. But if Joe Reed, Michael Bandy really play well in these preseason games, I think we could potentially see something there. And of course, you know, we all love Joe Reed. I would love for him to be able to make a roster and get in for that final spot. Um, so just, you know, for the for the memes, I guess I would love to see Joe Reed uh, be able to step up and shot this week. See, then if he steps up, then I got to hear about the Jalen Guyton cut him sort of stuff. And I just don't want to go <laughs> through all that. Sure. Yeah. Listen, Joe Reed, this is potentially it like this is kind of it for him i think and yeah he has showed up i think he's more in the michael bandy sort of tier of receiver right now than like a bradford or a french who just kind of sometimes make a play reed has been you know kind of consistently uh, involved and sure i'd love to see him do something i, I believe he was i don't know if he still is because i missed a couple practices um was involved in kickoff return if Carter's not out there, like depending if he plays or plays, you know, a quarter or a half or whatever, I want to see Joe Reed take a couple opportunities because we think that's what he was yeah. good at. Like we all assumed that he, this is what he was good at. It's what he could do. He looked amazing in practice. Granted, no tackling. It looks natural to him. I would love to see him take a couple of kickoffs. Just see what you have. Yeah, um, I'm mainly focused on. Well, I guess DeAndre Carter, of course. I mean, how? I was okay. gonna say you're mainly focused <laughs> on your guy. <laughs> well, I guess more so the narrative of like how much of the stuff we're seeing in training camp, how much of the stuff we saw in the scrimmage is real, mm -hmm. right? To an extent, because sure. this is going to be our first look to see, you know, how many how many targets, how many receptions is he going to get, right? How often is he going to be featured in the offense? I guess also, you know, if we're talking about like him and Guyton as a potential wide receiver four or five, you know, battle right with him kind of getting more usage then you know does that translate into an actual preseason game or is that just more training camp nonsense we were kind of on about who knows um and then yeah i think the definitely the second tier of guys your your joe reed your michael bandy to see if there is any impact that they can make that can get them a wide receiver six spot if it comes to that i sure would rather keep a six receiver than a fourth running back but that's just me uh, and you know, I think yeah. when you're talking about Joe Reed, obviously we talked about how he can, you know, translate in the return game. Um, I would love to see him make the team. I still think that they keep five and probably cap it off at, at Carter, but this is definitely the chance for all those guys. Jason Moore lives on the chargers practice squad for half a decade now. Right. Um, you know, so if any of those guys want to show something, I mean, this is their opportunity to kind of leave their imprint on that, uh, potential wide receiver six spot or, I guess if you want to say the first practice squad spot, which is also valuable too, because obviously we've seen games where Keenan's been injured, Mike's been injured. Um, and so I, I do think that wide receiver six is still um, a, a pretty decent position of value, whether that's on the roster or on the practice squad. So curious to see what those guys can do. Did Jason more practice this week? Don't I know. Don't think so, but I can look at that while you say things. Staley didn't declare him out <laughs> though, but Popper yeah. also didn't yeah. ask about him. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. Popper mainly asked about like uh Shelby and Campbell and some of the defensive guys, so I'm not totally sure. But um yeah, I guess also what they would be looking for in a wide receiver six is a is a pretty interesting thing too, because you kind of have Josh Palmer who 
uh, is more of that, you know, route runner type. You have your DeAndre Carter, who's your Swiss Army knife, and then Jalen Guyton is obviously go ball, right? <laughs> He's going to be there for that deep pass. So I guess they really kind of have liked the diversity of skill sets from their wide receiver three to five in comparison, in contrast with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and what those guys do. So I'll be curious to see if they were to take a wide receiver six, what exactly what they would want in that. Do you want a big body guy like Jason Moore? Do you want kind of a do it all, you know, almost another DeAndre Carter in Joe Reed? Do you want something else, right? Like a Trevon Bradford. Uh, so we'll see some of those guys in action tonight. I don't see anything that says more returned. Okay. I know, I know Brandon Staley didn't say he was out. So I know that he, there's a, I guess there's a chance that he does play. And mm-hmm. I mean, if he does play, he's probably going to lead the team in receiving tonight. <laughs> um, but I, I think Alex makes a good point in terms of what the, the team is looking for with the six receiver. But um, I think people kind of tend to forget that aspect of things. And it's not just like picking the best guy. It's picking the best fit picking my special teams player. So maybe that is, you know, Joe Reed and, you know, his ability to be a gunner, his ability to work on kickoffs and and things like that. So um, we'll see there. Definitely excited to see who ends up leading the team and receiving this year. Again, like I mentioned, I think it was Jason Moore last year and in 2019. Um, so we'll see. All right, we'll move on to the tight ends and fullbacks. Again, I mentioned the Gerald everything in a normal case. I feel like he probably wouldn't play. But mm-hmm. Donald Parham and Trey McKitty are both injured. Um, I know Donald Parham is not playing tonight. I guess they'll they'll see about Trey McKitty. Um, and if Trey McKitty is able to play, then Gerald Everett probably doesn't play. But um, after Gerald Everett, they'll have Hunter Campmoyer. They'll have uh, Sage Surratt, the recently signed QSFL tight end slash former Wake Forest wide receiver. And then they'll also have Hunter Cam or not Hunter Campmoyer. I already said that. Eric Cromenhook from USC. So. Um, Alex, what are you looking for from the tight ends? I should also put the fullbacks in this conversation. That's my mistake. So, uh, Xander Horvath and Gabe Mears here as well. Uh, Alex, what do you, what are you making of this group tonight? Yeah, the tight end room is interesting. Um, I'm curious to see if any one of those undrafted free agents kind of, you know, like a Croman hook puts their, you know, mark on this game without a Donald Parham, without Trey McKitty playing likely, um, you know, any of those guys can step up. And I, I think this is a heck of an opportunity for Sage Surratt. Um, to yeah. see if he can get anything going. We've heard he's kind of been like a, a, a pretty big volume catch guy so far in training camp, in practice. So if he can be kind of a target magnet tonight, um, that could definitely, you know, if we're doing stock up, stock down games, put some uh, momentum in his favor towards this quest to make the roster for him and maybe, you know, qualify him as that fourth tight end when Parham and Kitty are back. So uh, I think this is an opportunity for all the tight ends that are really behind Parham and McKitty at this point. Camp Moyer, obviously, as your uh, tight end four as well. So um, that's really the competition I guess you're looking for tonight or just to see which guys kind of make the best of the um, offensive fit tonight uh, with this opportunity they have with all these injuries. And then uh, Horvath Neighbors. Um, I don't know what to expect in terms of a competition because I feel like a fullback competition is generally more settled in training camp than like in the preseason, I guess. Like there was never a preseason game where Gabe neighbors like separated him. Sorry to bring this up again. So separated himself. You know from what? Bobby <laughs> hey, <laughs> every time, man, every time <laughs> there's never like a moment in that competition where we're like, Oh man, he just had this, you know, 
three rushing attempt, 30 yard game where we were like, okay, here comes the fullbacks, right? Um, so it's kind of not something we can look at like stats or touches for, but more uh, just their performance, you know, in camp. But if one of them does flash in the game and we kind of have already penciled in Horvath to that job, I definitely think he has more of the ability to show off in a preseason game, whether that's through rushing attempts, uh, receiving attempts. So I'm curious to see uh, just how much the Chargers kind of have drawn up for Xander Horvath so far. Yeah, as far as the tight ends go, sure, we'd love to see Surratt get some run, Kromenhuck, sure. Uh, Hunter Campmoyer led the team or or tied with DeAndre Carter for targets in the scrimmage with seven. DeAndre Carter, seven. uh, Campmoyer, seven. Four catches, 22 yards. Again, four catches, 22 yards. Woohoo! That's not really, you know, <laughs> Gerald Everett numbers. Well, volume, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of volume, yeah, like he was very heavily involved with both backup quarterbacks. So, yeah, I want to see what he can do. Like, does he, is he worth rostering? Uh, I don't know. He's not a spectacular athlete or, or player outstanding or whatever, but if he's a good get the job done sort of player, yeah, maybe find a, a job on the team with the 53, but we'll see. I just want to know what a Xander Horvath is in this offense. Can he block like uh, Steven Anderson? Is that what he's asked to do? Is he more of a inline tight end? Is he more of a receiving option on the outside? Is he a running back? You know, what, what is his role in this offense? I really don't know yet, especially because they've been splitting so much. And, you know, they're on the field three, four, five plays in a practice. It feels like sometimes in terms of 11 on 11s. Now we get to really see and actually watch, you know, the all 22. Well, I think um, on these players and I want to see what his role is. Why did they draft him? Why did they say, OK, he has a deal to go somewhere else in undrafted free agency. So we have to draft this guy. Why? Why did you draft him? Yes, yeah. they designated him as a fullback. I get that. But he didn't do that really in college. So have they converted him to that? You know, what is his role? I don't know. Tonight, we'll finally start to figure that out. I don't expect them to release, you know, all their great plays tonight and all their ideas for him. But, you know, how many carries, how many receptions, how many blocks how, can he pass protect? I haven't really seen him pass protect yet. You know, what is his role in this offense? Can't wait to see it. Yeah, you heard uh, from somebody this week about Xander. You want to share what you heard this week or? Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't sound like much, but someone on the team said, hey, you know, this fullback battle is heating up and Xander looks like a beast. That was the word beast. Not much. That's not like new information, but still, it's good to hear like, okay, he like he we expected him to be a certain thing. It sounds like he's living up to that billing. Um, Alohi Gilman is still buried at the scrimmage uh, in the turf somewhere. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I would like to see this guy live and see what he can do against some real NFL competition. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe Lombardi did mention that they could potentially hand the ball off to him, you know, a few times in the preseason as well. I don't know if they'll get that tonight again, you know, with the, the just the sheer volume of having to try and sort out three running backs plus potentially the undrafted free agents later on in the fourth quarter. But, um, man, if they could, you know, hand the ball off to him and really just, you know, let, let's see what he can do. Right. And I think that is certainly something I think for me, the key thing I'm looking forward to here is is what Tyler mentioned is like, who's going to take on the Steven Anderson role in this offense? And, you know, I wish we could see Trey McKitty because I feel like he was kind of the natural replacement there. And he, he certainly still could be right. But if Hunter Campmore is able to do that, if Xander Horvath is able to do that, then that's really going to be a key thing in terms of roster construction, in terms of who's healthy and active on game day um, is who's going to be able to be blocking in the H back role, who's going to be able to be, um, you know, in the backfield at times with Austin Eckler and things like that. So 
Um, just like the way each player is used, I think is the key thing there. Um, somebody pointed this out earlier. Apparently, Kyler Murray called plays. Uh, yesterday yeah, in their preseason did you see, game. Did you see the results or whatever? I I saw that they were like sucking. I didn't know that he was calling plays though. I thought it was a joke, but I guess he called plays. The the, the game script is like punt, 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 end game. <laughs> that's amazing um i feel like every team should do that though like it's hilarious that the cardinals were like the first team to do this just because the cardinals are a disaster in every facet of the game but i think letting your quarterback your franchise quarterback call plays in a preseason game in the fourth quarter is not necessarily the worst thing in the world yeah i don't see why not i mean just i don't know let herbert call brandon peters plays or something like (laughs) nothing to lose go for it just like chuck it four verts every play or something i don't know just qb dive like every play (laughs) let's let's, let's make his life hell (laughs) this is how we're gonna haze you rookie (laughs) that is amazing i did not know that that's hilarious um all right we'll uh wrap this offensive conversation up with the of course the offensive line uh, curious to see how they shake out the offensive tackle rotation, but um, we figure the starting combination tonight is going to be Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, you know, at either tackle spot. Um, we'll see Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson together for their first time in a game, which is going to be really fun tonight. Uh, don't really expect Zion to play a ton, um, but he should, you know, at least play in this game. And then Will Clapp will be the uh, starting center. So, um, you know, I've been so happy to see all of the rave reviews for Jamari, Jamari Sawyer in, in practice. And it, a lot of it has just come organically. Like somebody will ask Joe Lombardi about Zion and then Joe Lombardi brings up Jamari Sawyer in that same conversation, or, you know, Corey Lindsley brings up both and Matt Filer brings up both players. So obviously Zion gets a lot of the headlines and rightfully so he's the first round pick. He's the starter, but this team seems equally excited about Jamari Sawyer and, to be able to see them work together tonight. I know they're not like playing right next to each other, mm-hmm. but to see the future of this chargers into your offensive line is, is going to be a lot of fun for me tonight. Um, and, you know, Jamari just being able to really show out in a game like this, I think is going to be huge for him. So um, offensive line wise, I know everybody's going to be focused on the tackles, but just selfishly, man, I cannot wait to watch Zion and Sawyer working it out together in the middle. I'm I'm so excited. Like, listen, <laughs> we all like Zion. I think 99% of the fan base is cool with Zion. I yeah. want to watch Jamari play so bad. Also interviewed him. He's just a good dude. Has the, yeah. the right mentality for the game. It has the meanest mug you've ever seen, man. Like, he just looks like he's going <laughs> to kill somebody. I can't wait to watch him play. And again, like you said, it's I love the unprompted compliments for players. Yeah. Jamari is, has certainly been one of them. How's Zion looking? Oh, Zion's looking great. We feel like we have really two really good guards for our future with Jamari and Zion. Like every time mm-hmm. there's something looped in. Again, another player said, Hey, the Chargers, I think, have two guards for years to come with Jamari. Yeah. I mean, they have a guard of the future in the sixth round, and they know that by August, it feels like, okay, sure, he does still have to play, but there's yeah. so much building about him. They didn't have they don't have to talk about it. he's a six round pick. You know, they don't right. have to gush about him, but boy, is he good. Uh, I really do hope at some point, though, we do get some of that right tackle play. If they go, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, and maybe they just want to try him out there. You know, Bailey has kind of been playing there. But, like, give Salier a shot at right tackle. Just see it. Why not? 
he can play it. He has played it. It's not like you're throwing him out there for something that's completely new. Give it a shot or left tackle or whatever it is. Like, I want to see what he can do there. Again, I, I think he will be fitting better as a guard. Don't get me wrong. But he has he can kind of do some things at tackle. So I do want to see if they because they kind of let him do right tackle this past week, which surprised me. Yeah. Um, so will they get an opportunity? Will he get an opportunity to do that tonight or in this preseason? I hope so. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see Jamari Salier, obviously Zion for probably a series as well. Um, I think that they'll both be great in the middle. I think it's a telling sign that we're leading the show with Jamari as, as opposed to the right tackle battle, which none of us like really want to talk about <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see how that pans out. Uh, and if they do, you know, flex Jamari over to right tackle and maybe in the third or fourth quarter and just say, okay, let's see what we have here um but yeah i think we there's not really a lot of like interesting backup depth things here i guess the most interesting is where's Hymas, right like does he get much sure. playing time at all do, you know is he something for later in the second half um or does he maybe get in the second quarter etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i'm curious to see what his usage kind of is because we've been sort of talking about him as like he's been fading um you know kind of in this chargers interior room so that's going to be the most interesting depth thing for me. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it's seeing, you know, the the pieces that they've acquired in uh, Zion and Jamari, you know, pan out and then praying about the right tackle battle <laughs> um, and hoping <laughs> that one of Storm or Trey can kind of stand out. Yeah, absolutely. Real quickly, shout out to uh, Mr. John Rowley. He's always in our chats here, um, you know, supporting the show and obviously just signed up for... Uh, youtube membership so appreciate that support it's uh you know hopefully you sign up for the tier where you get the discord chat as well um you get some great stuff happening in there um source wise just chatting up wise with everybody so uh, uh definitely sign up for that in terms of zion i know last year their initial plan was for slater to play two or three series uh against the rams and then the first series ended up being like a 22 play drive <laughs> and so that was it for slater um, I would imagine they'd head in with the same kind of plan with Zion, you know, two or three series, depending on how many snaps each series is going to be. Uh, and then Bre I would expect Brennan Hymas to be right up after him. That's kind of been uh, the plan so far. Um, you know, maybe at some point we'll see kind of a Ryan Hunter, Brennan Hymas competition, but um, that's, that's my expectation is that Hymas would be the, the first player in. I, I think we would probably see Storm and Trey play the whole first half, I would expect. Um, that is kind of what happened last year with, with the two tackles. And then, uh, Zach Bailey and Forrest Sarah would be the two tackles after that. So I think Trey and Storm will play well. I mean, I would expect them to against, you know, the Rams bats because, you know, they're going to be blocking like Terrell Lewis and you, you know, expect Marquise them Copeland. to, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, against the Rams backups, like they should, they should play well against the Hogs back comes last year. <laughs> sure, okay. I don't know. <laughs> will they? Will they play well? I don't know. I expect them to play well, though. Sure. Okay. Sure. I'm. I'm not that. predicting them to play well, but they should play well tonight against the Rams backups. That should be the expectation. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sure thing, bro. <laughs> I can have an expectation that I'd wake up with a million dollars tomorrow. I don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh shit! No way. Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, send some of that our way. We're we're in California. We're the expensive place. Come on. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, I, they should play well. That should be the expectation. I just yes. don't know if it's going to happen. Um, At least one of them should. I almost would rather see them kind of rotate the tackle spots too, as opposed to just say, Hey, Trey's left tackle storm is right tackle. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they did last year. It was just more of like a, a cut in stone uh, situation. So I would like to see them maybe move around a little bit, not in the specific game, mm-hmm. but you know, they've been kind of alternating practice days. So maybe like this week, Trey gets left tackle storm gets right tackle. And next week you, you swap it. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I'm I'm at least mildly excited. You know, I, I need to see if the Trey Pipkins offseason hype has, has become anything like Seriously. similar to the DeAndre Carter stuff that Alex was talking about. I mean, we, we've seen more visual proof of Carter being an improved receiver and, and the quarterbacks throwing to him. We haven't really heard a ton of plays. I know uh, Dan Wade and Tyler have kind of pointed out a few good plays here and there of Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton, but. You know, we heard from several different people throughout the offseason that uh, Trey Pipkins has improved quite a lot, and I need to see it tonight. Like, regardless of what we expect or what we hope, like, I need to see if the Trey Pipkins offseason hype is legitimate or if it was just, like, the same thing as 2020 when mm-hmm. uh, people were still hyping him up back at that point, too. So, yeah, I need to see Trey Pipkins play well tonight. Yeah, and for what it's worth, my expectations for a preseason game, for as much as he probably will play, if it's like one pressure per game in the preseason, fine. I just don't need three and a sack and a penalty. Like, just, you know, yeah. you don't have to be great. Just look fine. Look good, I guess. Maybe one pressure because it happens. Maybe Easton Stick or Chase Daniel held on to the ball too long or something. You know, just just look fine. His, his bar to clear is three sacks, nine pressures, and three penalties. <laughs> So as long as he can clear that just a bit, that'd be great. Yeah. I also just want to see this athlete. The supposedly there's this Trey Pipkins athlete. He's faster. He's more explosive. He's bigger. He's stronger. All that sort of stuff. Let's see him get to the second level. What is he doing that looks a bit different than last year? Um, am I going to watch Trey Pipkins film last year versus this year? Hell no. But I know Steven will. So he'll be able to tell me what the difference is. I'll fall is. on that sword for you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank International you. Game Pass is all yours. Go to work. <laughs> Um, you know, Richard points this out, you know, Alex did uh, a poll about Pipkins versus Norton. And I think everybody's just hoping to see something different this year. Um, and I think Pipkins qualifies there. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we'll shift gears to the defensive side of things. Again, I, I don't think we'll see Sebastian Joseph Day. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Austin Johnson. If Austin Johnson plays, we probably won't see him for more than a series or two. Uh, so we talked about the concern meter of Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery, and mm-hmm. that's certainly going to be on display tonight against the backup offensive lineman for the Rams, um, as well as, you know, seeing our guy, Brain Fajoko. So, Tyler, we'll, we'll kick this one off to you first. What are you uh, most curious or excited to see tonight from uh, the interior defensive lineman? I mean, where to begin? I just want to see who shows up. Like, okay, so just confirm that Braden Fajoko has been having a great training camp. Sure. Confirm that you can do that now in the games. I think he's earned enough through three-ish weeks of practice now to definitely say that he's ahead and does deserve a roster spot. But you, I want to see him confirm it against this Rams interior. And then I just, I just want to see Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery do something. Like, what is? Yeah. Give me a pressure. Give me two pressures. You know, like at this point, those are the former first-round pick, who's a decent pass rusher. By all accounts, Morgan Fox should be a good pass rusher. They're not rookies. They're veterans. They should have a couple of pressures tonight and at least try to lead some of these guys in other categories. I would love to see them out there. And then I don't, I don't know how much of the rotation we'll get today, but I'm really curious what the rotation is. I know they switched it up heading into last week. They switched up the order. So like Otito went first and um, they kind of swapped things. I don't know if that changes tonight. I don't know if they show more of what they're going to have in their rotation or if it's just it's they're just still rotating or whatnot. Um, so I'm curious to see what the rotation is. Is it Fox and Tillery up first? Are they running four two five? Are they in a base three four? Or what, what are they doing? Like what is the rotation on the interior tonight? What do they have planned? And then I'm a little curious. And we talked about this a couple of times. What is their plan for stunts, loops, twists, whatever you want to call it? What is their plan there? Are they going to run it? I feel like in terms of linebackers last year, they blitzed like crazy. They had everybody they blitzing did, from yeah. different sides. And that translated right to week one through about week five, six, until Tranquil got hurt, Murray was hurt and whatnot. But they really had those guys attacking. And I think that, you know, I want to see that for the interior defensive line as well. I feel like you're keeping six by all accounts, based on what I've been told. It sounds like they're keeping six, although that's not confirmed. So now that you have six, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the depth, you know, keeping these guys fresh, working? Well, granted, two of them probably won't play tonight but i just want to see what these guys are doing in terms of schematic differences because it was a little different last year between the chargers and the rams in 2020 so what looks different if anything yeah um i think the scheme differences in what packages they decide to run the most like in terms of frequency would be good for you know just data collection going forward and seeing how they will use this line when austin johnson and sebastian joseph day do play right in the regular season um i think that'll be interesting Tonight is all about Tillery versus uh, Fox. Like, in my opinion, I just think you have to get some positive momentum there. It's kind of the defensive equivalent of the Pipkins-Norton thing, where it's just like you're just kind of waiting for one of them to show out. Um, It's probably not as dire as the Pipkins-Norton thing because, you know, we're not protecting the future $500 million man and Justin Herbert, uh, you know, with one of those two players. But at the same time, I think when you're, really fixing or trying to like finish off this defensive line and what that last hole is it's really that you know pass rusher kind of in the middle because they they bumped it up and have austin johnson and sebastian joseph day and obviously khalil mack and joey bosa so they really just have one spot left to figure it out um 
I don't know if they're going to figure it out this preseason, depending on what you expect <laughs> from Morgan Fox or Jerry Tillery. Sure. Um, but just seeing one of those guys take positive steps, take some momentum going forward, um, would you know make all the difference in the world in terms of what you know the potential of this defensive line is. Because I, I think you're talking about probably a, a defensive line that has like top 10 potential, right? But if you get that one, you know, pass rusher like Tillery, if he can, you know, consistently play like some of those Kansas City games from years past, if you can get Morgan Fox uh, involved, then this defensive line all of a sudden looks deeper and would look a lot scarier. But right now, you know, we're just kind of waiting to see how that, you know, trickles out over the last month before the season. No, I think that's a great point because, you know, I, I did a video on the Chargers pass rush upgrades back in, uh, May, I think that was, and Morgan Fox was a big part of that. I mean, he he could still certainly have a lot of value for this team, but I think our our expectations were pretty high for when they signed him. And you know, the the uh, third Charger with the most interior defensive line pass rush reps was Christian Covington last year, and Covington had like five pressures and a sack on the whole season. <laughs> so uh, if Morgan Fox can come in and really be a legitimate you know, role player for this team. I think that just helps. And and again, just provides more depth for them. So definitely need some clarity there. I am excited to see Otito Obonia again. We we've heard uh, him kind of get rotated in with the first team here and there. Um, But I mean, they invested a, a decent, you know, day three pick in Otito and, and we just haven't heard much. He's kind of buried on the depth chart a little bit, which is fine, but you know, this is going to be these three games are going to be the games where he has the most chance to get a lot of playing time. So I'm excited to see what that looks like as well. Um, maybe we don't see Austin Johnson. Now that I'm just kind of like talking about yeah. this with this group and, and how many guys need to play. So um curious there. But this is going to be a, a good opportunity for them to kind of show that they can stop the run. I mean, you're talking about John Wolford and Bryce Perkins, good two running quarterbacks. I uh, expect Daryl Henderson to play in this game. I don't know if Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame, is healthy. Um, I should, probably should have researched that. But um, the Rams have some good running backs behind Cam Akers this year. So I, I expect the Rams to be able to move the ball. And, and a lot of that is going to be their their rushing attack. Yeah, I want to say Williams returned to practice at least. But I don't know how to what capacity. Gotcha. All right. All right, we'll shift gears to the pass rushers again. Mack and Bosa likely not to play. Ty Shelby is out. So this is going to be a big Chris Rumpf, Jamal Davis, and MK Egbele game. I expect all three of them to play basically the majority of the snaps. Um, we'll see if they kind of rotate somebody else down there. Um, Chris Rumpf, man, I need I need to see something tonight. I really do. You know, there's been a, a decent amount of conversation about his development. You know, Ronaldo Hill has spoken very highly of him. Joey Bosa obviously said that he's graduated to asparagus stock status this year from uh, previously green bean. Um, but, you know, supposedly he's put on some good weight. There's more power. There's more of a pass rush plan. So, um, you know, we've talked a, a little bit more about Jamal Davis and Ty Shelby, maybe kind of battling for that fourth spot with Calvin playing linebacker. But I need to see some stuff from Chris Rumpf. And he, he's had some good glimpses, some good performances in practice over the last couple of weeks. I think he had a tackle for loss in the scrimmage and the the shared sack with Jerry Tillery. Mm -hmm. So I need to see Chris Rump show up tonight, and I, and I hope he does, man. I, I hope that he's able to, you know, take that next step this year because the Chargers' edge three spot is like a borderline starter for them. You know, uh, Kyler Fackrell, if he hadn't gotten hurt, would have had over 550 snaps last season for them. 
And if that's Chris Rumpf this year with Kyle Van playing so much linebackers, they need Chris Rumpf to play well this year. And again, talking about the upgrades in pass rush, Kyler Factor only had 12 pressures and one sack last year, or I think it was two sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a low bar, but you know, this is a momentum building opportunity for Chris Rumpf, particularly against again the Rams backups tonight. Yeah, it's tough because Chris Rumpf. We hear about the improvement, and I believe it, and I think I see it. But last year at the scrimmage in the preseason scrimmage, he looked fantastic. I think he had three sacks against some backup Tyree St. Louis or something like that. I forget. Um, oh, and then in the, in the right, remember those days? I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. And then in the preseason, you know, five pressures, two sacks, four run stops. You know, there was a lot of good work in the preseason and in the scrimmage. So, like, I don't know. Like, if Chris Rums comes out and has a sack tonight and a run stop, that's great. I'm, I'm, it's kind of confirming, I guess. Sure. I'm still waiting for the regular season because that's when things changed. Everything was all good in the scrimmage, all good in the preseason. Got to the regular season. I think his only sack on the year was a coverage sack or like a scramble sack or whatever it was against Burrow. Or maybe it was two or something. Uh, so I want to see him kind of just generate more like initial pass rush moves, actually win initially. I don't, don't require you know a coverage sack or a scramble drill or whatever to get those pressures, to get those sacks, be more productive. So let's see what this pass rush uh repertoire looks like what do you have in your inventory what have you changed what have you evolved from last year to this year but then yeah jamal davis i'm really excited to see him uh play i didn't really think much of him the entire offseason everyone's like oh what do you think of jamal davis i don't know there's no film on him and i'm not watching he's canadian football really buff. Film. he's huge don't get me wrong he's a freaking <laughs> you know giant buff human being but that's all we got and I, I could tell you what teams he was on i could tell you where he played but he didn't really do much there's no film now we will actually kind of have some film, some live look at him. What can he sure. do? And I've seen a lot of power from him, a lot of mode, a lot of hustle, a lot of great tools to build on. You know, but can he show a little bit more as a pass rusher above just being powerful and strong, which he is. And hey, if you can get you know two sacks just being powerful, all the power to you. But I want to see him kind of develop or have some sort of pass rush inventory um, over like Egg Boulay because I think it's pretty close. And Jamal Davis is 27. Like He is 27. He's not like an undrafted free agent they brought in, they're developing him. He's 27, and McEggboulet is 25. So you have to show me that you are well past Eggboulet. And, I mean, listen, I think Eggboulet is gone regardless, but show me that you have <laughs> just a little bit more than Eggboulet. And, um, hey, if Jamal Davis knocks Eggboulet off the roster, I'll, I'll buy his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my I, goodness. Trying to get over that. I'll... I'll... <laughs> So as Steven hit the nail right on the head, I think this is all about uh, edge three, you know, for me, because Kyle Van Noy is playing linebackers. So I think we kind of expect that person to be Chris Rump. But, you know, can somebody like, uh, obviously, uh, Jamal Davis or, you know, you have M.K. Agbele, um, you know, can they step up and show something to deserve more playing time or be that fourth or fifth edge on the roster or even, you know, potentially compete with Chris Rump for uh, you know, third edge, right? Because I don't think Chris Rump necessarily has a stranglehold on that position, especially if he falters in the preseason again. Um, so at this point, I'm more just curious to see how it works because of the, you know, Kyle Van Noy, Kenneth Murray situation. We don't really know if or when yeah, uh, Kyle Van Noy would move back to like some kind of edge three role. We don't know if that's ever going to happen. Right. Um, you know, like we first expected and like they had in like it was in yeah. minicamp. Um, so I think, you know, the importance of getting another edge rusher who can give you some consistent production 
um, you know, behind Bosa, behind Mac, uh, is you know ever so more uh, important than it was before. So um, I, I'm curious to see what those guys have left in the tank for tonight. And uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think that's a good edge preview for sure. All right, we'll shift to the linebackers. Obviously, Calvin, you're probably not going to play. Uh, Nick Neiman is a game time decision. Um, Amen Ogwamiga did return to practice. I don't know if he's uh, going to play or not tonight, but he was not mentioned by Brandon Staley in the injury report. So um, maybe we don't see Drew Tranquil. Maybe we do for a little bit. Outside of him, though, I, I just need some clarity here for who is going to be that fifth linebacker spot. So this position for me uh, is specifically about Amen Ogwamiga, Damon Lloyd. Can one of those two do enough in those in these preseason games? to prove that they should carry five linebackers again. And and Damon Lloyd has been fantastic, man. He really has been, mm-hmm. you know, a high-quality run defender. I think we've seen some flashes from Eamon, but, um, you know, it doesn't sound like he's kind of taken that step that we were that we were all hoping for, at least not yet. So I don't know about you, Alex, but for me, Eamon and Damon Lloyd are kind of the focus for tonight. Uh, yeah, almost kind of by default because there's not a whole lot of <laughs> other linebackers to focus on who are sure. available to play tonight. Uh, Tyreek Maddox Williams of Rutgers. Can we can we, we get go. some love, can we get some preseason <laughs> love for probably his last game as a Charger? I'll take it. Um, but uh, no, I think that is the storyline in between Damon Lloyd and Amanon Bong Fumiga uh, to see who could be that fifth linebacker. Uh, I would say. Amen probably has a slight lead, but again, it's not by much, and it's it's all within the margins at this point for one of those guys to take the job uh, in the preseason. Um, so yeah, I, I think whoever is kind of a more surefire tackler, just going through their fundamentals really well on the reps that they do have tonight, that's the guy the Chargers are going to pick, right? You don't necessarily need to, you know, make an interception or you know force a fumble, but just who can be the most consistent linebacker between those two, um, and you know, not giving up tons of coverage yards or whatever it might be. Uh, I think they're just looking for consistency at that uh, fifth spot. I'll be completely honest. I forgot Troy Reader was on the roster. Uh, I was just looking at the depth chart, and I forgot about that. <laughs> Oops. Um, so if he plays, great. Uh, the thing with Amen is over Nick Neiman, I, I suppose they're two different positions to the Chargers, so maybe that's why. But, I mean, Nick Neiman just like led the NFL, like every player on defense in the preseason and run stops, looked great in coverage, had 20 yeah. tackles, 10 run stops, like three pressures or whatever it was. And he would just was never involved for whatever reason. And I suppose there is something, not whatever reason, Amen has tools, he has potential, has flashes, but like he just always kind of had the lead over Nick. Again, two different sort of positions. Is that the same for Damon Lloyd this year? Like they seem to really like Amen Ogbang Bamiga. They keep giving him opportunities, and he does, I think, deserve it for sure. But Damon Lloyd, like almost the same thing as Nick Neiman, although Neiman was drafted. Lloyd just keeps showing up and keeps making plays. And not that Eamon hasn't, but Lloyd just seems like he just, every practice, it's, oh, Damon Lloyd, tackle for loss. Oh, Damon Lloyd makes the run stop or whatever. You know, how much of a hold does Eamon have on this this fifth spot? Um, Because I think in terms of just tallying up the numbers, it does seem like Lloyd deserves it. Um, but yeah. uh, but are they just kind of by default saying, hey, yeah, Eamon's our linebacker five. We like him. We showed last year that even over Nick Neiman, we would play Eamon Ogbong Bamiga. So, you know, does Lloyd have even a shot at linebacker five despite his play? I don't know. Yeah, it was really interesting last year to see that split because, like, 
in my head, like I, I would have pictured Amen as more of a fit, you know, as a Mike linebacker replacement. But when Drew Tranquil went down, they went to Amen almost every single time, whether that was against the Ravens or against the Vikings. Um, and he and he certainly showed some good flashes, particularly against the Vikings. But you know, I would have always assumed that, like, hey, if Drew Tranquil goes down, like Nick Neiman is that next will linebacker, like he should be able to get those opportunities. So um, we'll see how how that plays out, but. It does feel like that last spot is going to come down between Eamon and Damon. Eamon and Damon. There we go. Um, I will say, in terms of the starting linebacker duo at this time last year, people got really excited about Drew Tranquil and Kaiser White, and they really had a, a fantastic performance against the Rams. Um, you know, we saw Kaiser White sniff out a screenplay. Drew Tranquil came on a blitz and got a, a, a good pass rush on, I think it was Bryce Perkins at that time. Um, so this is, you know, our first real opportunity to see like a Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader potential mashup. Again, Calvin, I'm probably not going to play, but you know, if those two can show out, I think that's uh, for the starting at least, you know, defense. I think that's that's an important key for sure. All right, we'll uh, wrap this defensive up defensive conversation up with the secondary groups. I mentioned, of course, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, probably not Bryce Callahan uh, are going are not going to play tonight. Um, so this is. This is an interesting group. Tyler, what are you looking for from uh, the corners and safeties tonight? Ooh, I mean, everybody, all the rookies that they dropped, <laughs> all the guys that they brought in. I want to see Dean Leonard. I'm really focusing in on him. Reddit thinks I hate him and I was said mean things about him. Uh, sure, whatever, Reddit. Uh, <laughs> I just want to see him do more than and make plays on things that I don't expect him to be so great at. Because, again, we've talked about this whole time. He's great at those sideline pass breakups. And he showed it out in the training camp, in minicamp. Looks great. Everything over the middle, intermediate stuff, double moves, man coverage, you know, fluidity in the hips. Those things that he just did not develop yet because he played, what, under 300, you know, snaps in college football at Ole Miss. And then, you know, obviously he played at Calgary. But, like, no offense, that's not covering Jameson Williams and John Mechie. <laughs> um, yeah. and which he didn't do so well doing, which I don't blame him for. But I want to see him do more than just the boundary work and have some film on him. What is it like when he's trying to cover someone who does, you know, runs a dig, runs a slant, whatever it is. Um, will he get the opportunity to do that? I don't know. I don't know how good these receivers are for the Rams after the main groups. Um, and by the time Dean goes in, you know, I don't know who he's facing, but I, I want to see him get challenged because Josh Palmer has kind of taken his lunch money, which is fine. Josh Palmer is incredible and is a great route runner, but I don't want to see Dean Leonard kind of you know, get some payback in a way, but against guys he hasn't faced yet. Uh, then JT Woods, let's see this. Let's see a sideline to sideline pass breakup. That's the one thing I'm waiting for him to do that I don't think I've seen him really do yet. Um, certainly not in person. I don't recall him doing that in any of Daniel Popper's articles. Everything in front of him, all this downhill work, everything, run stop, attacking a screen, you name it, all good. Flies around, even blitzed at the scrimmage and looked great. Pressured the quarterback. What about the sideline to sideline? You are the deep safety. He's going to play more like that than someone like a Mark Webb. So can you... With that speed, can you process things enough in the preseason to make a play down the side? Or at least, you know, if they throw it, you know, out of bounds or whatever, it's too far, at least be there in position to be ready. And I think he's just been a half a step behind some of these Chargers wide receivers. And I want to see him, again, use that speed. Can the mental aspect connect with the physical aspect? Because he's got one for sure. And I think half that mental aspect is already there with everything downhill. But now sideline to sideline in a slightly different role than you're used to. Can you be that last line of defense and ensure that nothing goes over your head? Let's see. Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to say that uh, <laughs> Reddit claiming that you say mean things about people is uh, interesting because they could say mean things too. 
Uh, but uh, Mark Webb, I think, is the most uh, interesting name that I'm watching in the secondary tonight um, because he is healthy, right? Uh, yeah. Just came back to practice this week. So Staley has talked about how many roles he sees him in uh, and just sees him really all over the field in terms of how he can be used. So, you know, we've been talking about kind of that Webb-Gilman like competition to see who's going to get that last safety spot. So yeah. for me, I'm curious to see how Staley utilizes him tonight. Uh, and I think he does get a lot of playing time along with JT Woods and all the other guys too. Um, but I feel like the Mark Webb hype train like kind of died when he got injured and now it's back again, potentially, if he has a good game tonight when healthy. Sure. So, um, you know, just staying healthy for him and, and being active on the field, I think, uh, is going to be a real, you know, big boost for his chances to make the roster and then, you know, pass that what his you know total role can be this year um aside from that i guess michael davis is kind of interesting i assume he's probably going to play tonight um yeah. what his you know role is going to be uh i guess just yeah do they end up using him he's been playing some special teams do they use him in that facet as well uh obviously he's kind of going to be more of that uh boundary corner still but they'll you know kind of move him around and do some things with him so i'm just curious to see uh what his role ends up being if he's you know obviously going to be cb4 come the regular season but just you know can he do enough things to show that you know if something were to happen to jc jackson or asante samuel jr he could take over very effectively am i frozen or somebody's frozen um, I can hear you. I can't hear Alex. Can you see me? Occasionally. I'm currently the only person that moves normally on my screen right now. Alex is frozen in a deep thought. You are there. Alex is back. I don't know if I'm talking to myself. I got you. Hello. I can still hear you. Okay. Well, I'm here. John I think I got lost. All of us are frozen. Yeah. Oh, all of us are frozen? Okay. John says we're back. Okay, we're back. Okay. Oops. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I don't know if that was uh, my Wi-Fi or, or what, but um, I think from a general standpoint for the secondary, like they've made so many plays on the ball this year or in in training camp. I, I like getting some turnovers, getting some pass breakups tonight would be fantastic. I think from a player standpoint, Jasir Taylor is, is really come on strong this past week, and he's getting reps with the first team defense getting a pick six on Justin Herbert, forcing a fumble on Larry Roundtree, you know, intercepting another pass on, on Wednesday. And I think of like the younger guys, like Jasir is outside of JT Woods, of course, but Jasir is probably the next one in line that would see significant playing time potentially. Cause he's playing behind Bryce Callahan. We all know about mm -hmm. Bryce Callahan's tendency to be injured. Yeah. And you know, there is a world where Jasir Taylor starts six seven games this year for this team and you know so far so good for him but you know seeing him perform well in a preseason game is going to be crucial for him i do expect him to get the start in the slot tonight um you know with michael davis and asante Simon jr kind of playing on the outside mm -hmm. so we've heard him kind of build every single week and get better and make some plays and uh, so for me, Jasir Taylor is kind of the guy I'm focusing in on from the secondary tonight. Yeah, that's a fun one. They've really seemed to be hitting on this guy. Um, yeah. Six round pick and hey, he's showing up. He's a lot of intangibles. Of course, film looked pretty solid. I thought honestly at this point, he'd just be more of a 
you know, special teamer, blitz package sort of guy. Got to throw him in there if you need to. And he still could be. And well, he will be, I guess, until Callahan gets hurt or if Callahan gets hurt. But he's been showing out really well. And I, I wish I saw him pick off Justin Herbert uh, for a pick six. That's that's no I joke. I believe it was. I don't know if it was covering Keenan on, but I think Keenan on was targeted, if I'm not mistaken, or however he did it. Um, that's obviously not a thing that happens a lot. I know Herbert's, I think, experimenting more with throws this year, so it's a little bit different in camp. Sure. But still, pick six on Justin Herbert's no joke for a sixth-round pick. So love to hear it. I want to see what he can do. as He's going to start tonight, I assume. So let's see it. Uh, so is Mark Webb, he's not officially like in or out, right? It's just kind of... He returned. Uh, Staley didn't mention him as out. Uh, he did practice mm. on Wednesday and Thursday, so I would expect him to play. Yeah, I think he has to. So, um, all right, guys. Anything else from a defensive perspective that you're looking forward to tonight? I think we hit most of it. All right. So, really quickly, again, we always try and talk about special teams. J.K. Scott, man, this is this is the opportunity. There's going to be a lot of punts in the preseason, so. Uh, J.K. Scott needs to show up and show well. Um, again, we've talked about the kicker position a little bit. I don't. I think Dustin Hopkins didn't practice on Thursday, so I don't hmm. know if he's going to see much action. So maybe we'll see uh, James McCourt from Illinois, you know, get his chance a little bit. But for me, preseason wise, like J.K. Scott, you got to prove the hype is legit here today or in the next three weeks, really. Yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's got their stopwatches out. I've never seen so much coverage of a punter's hang time before. But it, apparently it's a real thing, and let's see it. I am thankful that now Pro Football Focus will chart those things for me. Um, right. Let's compare. Let's see what uh, Let's see what you got. I mean, it looks like visually in terms of how it looks and all that looks great. Uh, let's see the numbers. Let's see it work in a capacity where they've actually had to cover a punt. I don't believe in practice they've really had to officially – cover punts like they don't actually go down and tackle somebody and they don't have to go down and really make that final actual tackle so this is really their first time they're going to show you know what they have on special teams in terms of kick return coverage punt return coverage let's see them get there make the plays who can actually make the plays uh i'm actually kind of excited about this battle for sure or, <laughs> i don't know a battle but you know whatever you want to call it Alex is frozen. frozen again. No, I'm not. I'm not frozen. I just don't uh, do. I do. I have a ton of enthusiasm for the punters. <laughs> is that what we're talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> J.K. Scott. I, I mean, I guess we'll see if the hype is real tonight. Um, I don't have a high expectations other than just be better than Ty Long was last year, which I don't think is a super high one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean what are we supposed to say here? Like, it's not even a battle. There's not, they didn't even hire another person. <laughs> so it's going to be JK Scott's job until he loses it. And yeah. uh, I guess we'll see all pro uh, long snapper, Josh Harris tonight. Um, that's go. our special teams preview. Is there a, do we want to get into the kicker battle between Dustin Hopkins and James? What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a real battle personally. No, of course but, not. Uh, all right. So we'll, um, We'll take some questions here and maybe give a little prediction about tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but first question that I wanted to address for Marcus is, mm. is obviously about special teams. Do we know who is starting at the gunner spots? Um, they have rotated a, a pretty mm -hmm. large cast at the gunner spot so far in training camp. Um, Jalen Guyton has been there. Josh Palmer has been there. Michael Davis has been there. Joe Reed, Asante Samuel Jr. Pretty much everybody 
Tavon Campbell. Um, so it depends really on roster construction at this point. Um, I, I think if you are talking like predicting who it's going to be, it's probably going to be some combination of Dean Leonard, Tavon Campbell, and Jalen Guyton or Josh Palmer. And, and, you know, basically just one receiver, one corner is kind of how they've been constructing it so far. Yeah, I expect them to sort of rotate through this. I don't know if they'll ask him to do it tonight because it's not really necessary. But Michael Davis probably will be a gunner down there. He has been in, in camp. So I think they'll eventually go with something like Davis and Guyton for your gunners. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see what they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kim Hall was another guy they were kind of working with there. Um, yeah. So potentially him getting some action there tonight as well. Um, and maybe they just play around with some things and, and try some different people that maybe they haven't done in practice before, but we'll see. Yep. All right. So like I said, if you have questions, uh, now is the time. Feel free to use the super chat features. We always appreciate that. We'll take questions from it for about 10 minutes before we head out for today. And the chat was firing in today. I think we sort of discussed this, but I think I don't know if we missed this from Jack. Any chance we see Austin Johnson, new scheme? I just wanted to make sure we addressed it since he sent a super chat in. Probably. Um, I think we could see a series or two. I, I don't think we'll see Austin Johnson a ton. Um, again, I, I would love to hear from him in a, in a press conference about like the differences of the Giants and what they did there and what the mm. Chargers are doing in terms of you know fronts. Like it, they both teams run a, run a base three four. Um, I'm more interested to see how they use him because he said in his introductory press conference that he was like primary like a, a nose tech a nose tackle I think but it was really a lot of like three tech five tech so I'm more curious to see how the Chargers use him and Sebastian Joseph Day in in that regard but uh, schematic wise I think it's it's pretty similar yeah. Um, Keith did send a super sticker. And I think this question after that was supposed to be attached there. Mm. Uh, what do you guys think about Jamar Chase and Keen Allen is the second best wide receiver in the league? And I, I think this is pretty consistent. Like I think most receivers have Keenan Allen somewhere around the top five. Um, you know, I, I said this on Twitter. I feel like players really respect the craft of a player like Keenan Allen. Obviously, analysts are, are kind of not having him in the top 10. We did our receiver rankings. I had him at nine. I think Alex had him outside the top 10. Tyler did stats only, and his stats are outside the top 10. So I think it's cool to hear about how younger players respect Keenan Allen. But uh, Keenan Allen's not the second best receiver in the league. Like, I, I wish he were. But um, to me, I, I can't justify putting him in the top five at this point, personally. I think if you're saying all time resume wise of the current guys in the league, like Keenan Allen probably has like the second or third, you know, best resume for his career, um, sure. you know, in, in that range, obviously he's been playing for, you know, a decade, which is more than you can say about some of the other players in the top 10, obviously. But yeah, I, I clearly don't think he's at, you know, peak Keenan Allen performance anymore. And you have Cooper cup and you have Justin Jefferson and Devonte Adams and Jamar chase and et cetera. Uh, so, you know, the list kind of goes on and on there. Um, you know, historically, like he could be considered if you're just taking, talking about the NFL receivers today, like the second best of that group, um, you know, for what he's done for his career. And obviously, you know, you talk about what Julian Edelman has said about him, what uh, Jamar Chase has said about him. 
but he's by no means the second best receiver in the game right now, as much as I would, <laughs> you know, love to say that. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder how they are ranking internally who's the first, second, third, whatever best receiver in the league. I guess if you're walking into the league and you say, okay, what three receivers do I want to model my game after, or who do I want to learn from the most? I suppose Keenan Allen's probably up there sure. in the top five. So I guess if they're considering, okay, who do I think is the person I can learn from the most in terms of watching their film and how they operate, I suppose Keenan Allen would be like a top three wide receiver. But yeah, him being like actually the second best receiver in the league <laughs> is very, very rich. I, th I do think as much as respect as I can give him, as amazing as I think he is, nah, not, not top two. You just can't be there with the limited production he has so far. Yeah, absolutely. Next question I wanted to get to is from Jorge Rodriguez. Um, could both Lane and Webb make the team, or is it one or the other? Uh, Tyler, where are you at with these two uh, safeties potentially making the roster? I think it's one or the other. I don't see... Like, if it's five, I think it'll just be Gilman. I think Lane and Webb are similar enough, and they love Webb. I really think Lane isn't going to make it unless Webb gets hurt again. Um, I think it's one or the other, and I do think it's Webb. Yeah, one or the other, and I would say that it's probably Webb, but honestly, kind of like Tyler said, whoever's healthy at the given time can can make the roster as well. Yeah, I agree with that. If if Webb is able to stay healthy from here on out, I think he is ultimately the choice. Um, they like Alohi Gilman, man, and I think there is a good balance between Alohi and one of these two players. I think they balance each other out enough where you can justify keeping Gilman and one of these two younger guys. Um, Chorizo asked about this. Will Pipkins and Storm be on the field at the same time? I think yes. I think you have to play one at left tackle, one at right tackle. Um, I think that would be what I would expect for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, that's how they split it last year. Like you said, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, who has more sacks this game, Ty Shelby or Chris Rumpf? Ty Shelby is out. He is not going to play. Uh, so Chris Rumpf. Um, if you guys see something you want to talk about, feel free. A lot of comments, not a ton of questions in the chat. So feel free to fire in a question. We've avoided food topics. Uh, <laughs> so they're always the death of us. <laughs> oh, top 100 debuts this weekend. I did not know that. Uh, the top 100 mm. is not my favorite thing in the week in the world, but I will tune in because it's football content and why not? Um, yeah. Alex, what do you think? How many Chargers make the top 100 this year? I mean, it's Herbert Bosa. Uh, Lindsley will make it. Lindsley so probably last year. Lindsley is in. Derwin is in. Slater. Probably, yeah. probably Slater too. Uh, Khalil will still make it, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, depends on how the. I don't know how they do it. Are they just doing it based off of twenty twenty one, or are they just saying like right now? I mean, I don't know. I I think they probably fade Khalil, just based off the fact he played you know mm -hmm. seven games last year. 
Um, JC Jackson, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so Herbert was 56 are, last year. Does he go those, up? That's going to be up. That's going to be way up. Yeah. Those, those are the surefire ones off the top of my head. Um, Keenan is probably, I'd say like 50. What, what was Keenan's place last year? Um, I think he, he was, was in like the 50s. 50s? So let me. Okay. So yeah, I remember, remember Keenan, Keenan, Herbert, and Lindsley were all like right in the same range, if I remember yeah. correctly. Lindsley, I 60, think, Herbert, 56, Allen, 55. I think Keenan probably still makes the top 100. Maybe he makes like the 80s, 90s range. I, I just think they're going to push him back because of all the other wide receivers they're putting into the top 100 this year, is what I would guess. But I mean, all of these players are all saying Keenan Allen's a top five receiver still. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think Keenan Allen drops that much. I think he's maybe in like the 60s range. Well, yeah. But I mean, like the players are going to vote for Jamar Chase and all these other, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup to be, you know, those receivers that are going to be ahead of Keenan Allen. Obviously, you have, you know, younger guys too. Um, Sure. I, I don't like, think they like I don't 70s. think Keenan drops to the 80s though. I think that's a little old much for me based on how I, the other players yeah. are all talking about him still. Right. Eh, could go either way on that one. I don't know. JC was 49th last year for what it's worth. Let me see if Mac was on it. Lil Mac was 23rd. So that's a lot higher than I would have thought. Yeah, that's what <laughs> He's not dropping from 23rd to out of the top. Out, yeah, I didn't think he'd be that high, but I guess I... Wow, okay. So, yeah, probably so not done. So, you're talking about Herbert, Derwin, Joey, Khalil, Keenan, JC, Corey. Seven, maybe Austin, uh, Slater. Did, eight. I, did Eckler make it last year? I don't think so, no, right? Only four so, made it. No, because Eckler in 2020 he had the hamstring injury. Oh, and, right, 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 right. And so Eckler, I mean, he should. He had 20 touchdowns last year and yeah, 1,800 could, yards from scrimmage. Eckler could probably be in that like 70s, 80s, 90s range. Yeah, Durbin didn't make it last year, though. Yeah, because he didn't play. He didn't play in 2020. So, barely make it this year. I think Derwin would. I think Derwin would be pretty high. I think Derwin will be high too. Minka was fifty-two. I mean, I think he's better, but you know, yeah. So I think we'll see at least seven, mm-hmm. potentially eight or nine, depending on how people feel about uh, Eckler and and somebody else. So they'll do what probably just is it like uh, 100 to 80 on Sunday? I think so. That's how I think that's how they've been doing it the last couple of years. All right. Well, sounds good. We'll we'll talk about it when we are are able to Um, Keith with one more super sticker just because all the hard work all offseason. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, You know, it's been uh, a fun ride with everybody, you know, or the YouTube audience here doing it live and stuff like that. So um, that's going to be it for us today for the preview. Appreciate all the questions, all the comments. Um, Chargers football back tonight, man. Excited to see it. Excited to uh, watch all these young guys perform and show out. Uh, Alex, any uh, final thoughts before we head out for the day, man? 
No, man, I'm excited to see stay up till 10 p.m. tonight and watch <laughs> Easton Stick Snaps at one in the morning. Uh, that means football's <laughs> back, and I accept it. So uh, I'm excited for tonight. Yeah, me too. Chargers football is back. We may or may not be able to watch all 22, uh, but I'm excited regardless. Do they do all 22 for preseason, actually? I don't know if I they do. So, yeah. They do. They should. They do? Yeah. Okay. Not on NFL Plus, but I think it takes I think have. it takes longer to process, but mm. I think it it should get up eventually. Cool. Can't wait. Yeah. I know uh shout out to anybody that's uh in our international fan base staying up until 3 a.m. to watch a preseason game. Uh that's fantastic vacation right there. So uh, as always, appreciate everything for uh you know the comments, the reviews, everything from an audio standpoint. We'll be going live tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. same time to do our recap of the game. We'll also be doing our Sunday stocks and uh, predicting some potential roster cuts. So unfortunately for five of these players, this will be their one and only chance to play in a game. So we'll we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow as well. So as always, appreciate it. Hope everybody has a good Sunday. If you're going to the game, be loud. Uh, have a great time. And if you're not, be uh, have a great weekend. Be safe. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Talk to you later. Hold up.